Okay, hi. Uh, welcome to... I'm gonna call this episode one of Conversations with the Moon. I'm Amaris Kane. Uh, I'm gonna consider this like the first official episode because the last one was just kind of like a, a testing the water, see what I need to do, what I can't do on my phone, because I do record on my phone. Um, so if you hear some background noise, it's because I'm on my phone and I'm just using Apple AirPods. Um, I don't exactly have a recording studio, I'm just kind of, I started this on a whim, and we're just going to see where it goes, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I will, I kind of put like a little bit of a warning before anybody like continues on with this one. This episode is going to be a true crime episode, um, unlike my last one where I kind of went into like the history of like how Disneyland started. Um conversations with the moon is essentially a podcast of me just going into uh topics that i find rather interesting so i'm really into true crime i really love disney um i love greek mythology so there's it's gonna be various different topics um it's not gonna be like a a one one uh type of deal you know like uh, you're not gonna get just one thing out of here um it's gonna be a bunch of different uh things so, um, this one does, I will put, like, a kind of, like, a trigger warning, I guess, that there is murder mentioned, there is, uh, there is mention of, like, dismemberment, there's mention of mental illnesses, there is mention of, um, uh, I just kind of graze over, uh, necrophilia and cannibalism. Um, necrophilia and cannibalism is not in any way mentioned in detail uh i just would like to put that out just in case somebody's listening to it and doesn't actually want to like hear it um even though i don't actually talk about it it's just kind of like a, a brief very very brief mention um having to do with the crime that's going to be talked about in this podcast um and the mental illness in terms of like uh schizophrenia i kind of t- I, t- I don't talk about the illness in and of itself it is it's just again it's just something that's that's mentioned it's part it's part of the story it's part of the case that i'm 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 going to talk about today um so with that out of the way uh we're going to get right into it so today's episode is kind of inspired by this uh documentary that i watched on netflix a couple of years ago i couldn't have been that long maybe like a year or two um it was called don't fuck with cats it was a very very misleading title honestly when i went into it i wasn't expecting to come out of it looking at a true crime case like honestly i was i was not expecting it to lead into murder like (laughs) don't fuck with cats i mean cool yeah i i don't know i I, my brain at the time i think i was just expecting it to be like crazy cat lady like don't don't mess with my cat kind of i i don't (laughs) i don't i don't know um but going into it i ended up learning about a canadian serial killer who's actually kind of uh, infamous in in Canada, like he he definitely made some waves. Like he, yeah, this case is honestly it's it's insane. Um, I, I'm loosely gonna talk about the the documentary in and of itself. Um, 
but they did get kind of some criticism for how they handled telling the story of the case because essentially in the story like the way that this case actually starts um it starts with this facebook group who are obviously like they're they're in love with cats obviously it's just a facebook group of like cat loving people who who are like sending youtube videos from like the fluffy kitten side of youtube they're like oh my god look at this little kitten it's so cute you know that's that's the kind of facebook group it was and then eventually it gets to this point where uh one of the members from what i remember this is just off of like the top of my head uh, without me having to go back into and watching watching the the documentary itself but it at some point one of the group members comes in and is like, hey, on the dark web, there's this video that's floating around. This video shows a guy essentially you know, k- killing killing kittens. And from what I remember, um, yeah, animal abuse. So from what I remember, he had vacuum sealed a cat. Just a little kitten, a little innocent kitten, vacuum sealed the cat in it, and it just had gone viral in the dark web, because people on the dark web are fucking sick. <laughs> we don't, we do not go on the dark web, ladies and gentlemen, just do not do that. Um, so, this video goes viral, they, there's a warning out on the, on the group, and it's like, hey, um, you know, don't, don't watch it. Uh eventually the main lady in the documentary i forgot what her name was but she was like the one who kind of like followed this case and she followed this this growing this budding psychopath this budding sociopath you know because it's like he's hurting innocent animals like i can't really say i blame her but at the same time like you are a civilian so to give a little bit of background uh, the person in the video, he goes by the name of Luca Magnata. Luca Magnata currently now is in jail. He was, uh, for everything that, w- that I'm going to talk about, he was tried and he was put into jail. So he's behind bars. Uh, so this happened, I want to say this started like, and maybe, I think the documentary said maybe, maybe like 2011, because I know, like, the official police records don't actually start until, like, 2012. So I want to say it started in, like, 2011. I could be wrong, don't quote me. So, Luca Magnata was actually born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman on July 24th, 1892. Uh, in Magnata's family, however, he does have a history of, like, paranoid schizophrenia, his father was medically diagnosed in 1994. Um, Magnata's mother is in the in in the documentary. She is mentioned uh, or interviewed very briefly of her talking about how he also how how her son uh, Luca also has a history of like mental illnesses. That in high school and and just in school in general, he was constantly bullied. Um, the movie itself doesn't elaborate on this past, like, what the mother has to say. The, 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 the documentary in and of itself is actually very biased, naturally, against a killer. Can't say I blame them. Um, they don't handle it very well. They kind of got under fire. It was a, it's a whole lot of stuff. Um, 
so he has a history of mental illnesses. His father is diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. Um, and then in high school, uh, Magnata ends up dropping out. And five years after he drops out of high school, he is actually also uh, diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Not that any of this justifies being a, a murderer. No amount of... That's the thing about true crime. It's kind of hard to talk about and bring light to like mental illnesses and not to like stigmatize them. Um, because there's, there's, it's, it's hard because while yes, mental illness is extremely important, it also doesn't justify what like serial killers do. Like just because you're a paranoid schizophrenic doesn't justify you vacuum sealing a cat, you know? So it's, it's kind of hard and that's kind of like one one of the biggest problems that I had read about the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary is that they weren't very gentle on terms of mental illness because it's like how else how are how, how are you supposed to talk about the serial killer and his mental illness while also trying to not make it seem like you're excusing what he did because of what's going on in his head you know um so five years after he drops out of high school he gets diagnosed um in 2006, he ends up legally changing his name from Eric Clinton Kirk Newman to Luca Magnata. Kind of rolls off the tongue a little better, if I do say so myself. Definitely better than Clinton Kirk Newman. <laughs> um, so, during this time, he is an aspiring model. And he is also a part-time escort no shame on sex workers whatsoever he did what he needed to do to kind of make ends meet with being an an aspiring model like you do what you gotta do man um magnata did have a desire of being in the spotlight uh being an aspiring model like you know i mean i get it you kind of you want to put your face out there you want to you're in this business and you want to be known that's that's essentially what anybody goes into like any kind of like modeling acting like you you're going out there because you want to you want to be known so there is an audition tape i I'm, you could probably find it on youtube i'm not too sure i personally didn't look for it myself um but it's uh Oh, it's a reality series called Cover Guy that I believe is in Canada because that's where that's where this happened. That's where he was, um, and it's an audition tape that he like of him obviously like trying out for the show. Uh, I don't think he got the part. Then there's other ones uh, where like he kind of made. There's a, a magazine in Toronto for the gay community uh, called Fab. And he appears in it as a pinup fashion model. Pretty cool. Um, another one, it's kind of weird that I had found that he also auditioned for this show. I, f- I can't, I don't know why I didn't write down the name. I should have. But he, uh, he auditions for this show that's kind of like about plastic surgery. And I don't know why he would, but in it, uh, he he tried it out for and tried out for it in 2008, and he coined himself a plastic surgery addict, trying to get on to the show. 
that's a little weird to me. I don't know why you would lie about that, I guess. He's very obsessed with this look, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually, like, genuinely interested in plastic surgery, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his head. I don't know. It was just, he was just trying, he was just trying, man. He was trying to get his face out there. Um, so, on top of that, he did have a very prevalent uh, online appearance, as would, oh man, I don't know if you guys can hear police sirens, so I'm just gonna close my window. <laughs> I'm recording off of an iPhone with iPhone headphones, and it's, I'm, I'm not a professional. I, I started this podcast on a whim, on a whim. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, Magnata has a very prevalent online presence as he should as one does trying to be like an influencer or trying to get your face out there like um, you have models you have your your portfolio and then you also have to have an online presence because you need to prove that you have like these followers that people do like you that you are like relatively known before you actually you know blow up um so he and he's and it, looking at it, you would think that like he actually had a pretty decent amount of followers because he he's getting these comments that are complimenting him. There's people that are making like groups to like fan groups for all of his fans to kind of unite and talk about this guy that they all like look up to. You know, like a dedicated fan base. Like it, it, that's that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like at first glance. However, most the police had found that most of those accounts were actually sock puppets. <laughs> they were actually sock puppet accounts ran by Luca Magnata. And the police had found at least 20 different websites under different names and like 70 different Facebook accounts. All of them different aliases, but all of them ran by Luca Magnata. And all of them had similar wording and phrasing and it's like it's it's kind of obvious that it's all written by like one person written by the same person you know <laughs> like dude so i i kind of when it comes to that i kind of can't i can't help but feel like he's he has a, a bit of a narcissism complex like he's very full of himself you know um making those accounts is kind of like a hey look at me you know even though you're the one paying homage to yourself. You're you're commenting, saying that you are like this beautiful person, that you're like amazing, like oh my god, I look up to you. Like it's it's kind of it's a little weird. I can't help but feel like that kind of falls into like a vanity aspect, you know. And it is. It's very vain. It's very vain. And that's that's one of like the constant things is that like going through this case you kind of realize that he is very full of himself he is very vain he does have a narcissistic complex to him and it's like you want to be famous i get that but doing it in the worst way possible where you are taking lives like that's not okay that's not okay and i say lives like yeah he only took one human life 
but he took a couple of like kittens lives like it's awful man it's awful like you want to be famous so bad that you're gonna stoop to murder <laughs> what <laughs> so um i want to assume that his uh struggle to like freedom or not freedom to fame is under like intense pressure at this point because at some point something in his head says you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a kitten i'm gonna get a vacuum seal bag and i'm i'm gonna suffocate this cat like uh, who in their right mind why who I can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. I can't. I can't. It, it doesn't make sense. Who does that? Who in their right mind thinks, I'm going to torture this cat and I'm going to kill it and then I'm going to post it on the dark web because it'll get me views. Like, it, that's, it's a little, it's a little, that's, uh, I, can't, I can't, I don't, like, I can't even, like, fathom. I can't even put into words how fucked up that is like i one it's one thing trying to be famous it's another thing turning yourself into a, a sociopathic serial killer like what uh so that that is where like magnata and like the the documentary kind of meet up because that's where the documentary starts it starts after he posts that first video and everybody's like hey uh don't don't watch that um there's I think, if I remember right, he maybe posted maybe two or three other ones of him actually, like, killing cats. And from what I remember from the documentary, the people following it were like, yo, we need to report this to the proper authorities. We need to figure out where he actually lives, if it's even in the U.S. And we need to report this to the proper authorities because this guy is going to turn into a serial killer. Like, it, and they were absolutely right. Like, he was showing all the signs. And, um, eventually they were able to track him down through, like, some crazy means, I think, if I remember right, I think they, like, there was, like, a vacuum? Like, a specific vacuum that was only sold in, like, Europe or something. Uh, Europe or, like, Canada. I don't, I don't remember. It was insane. The way that they found, like, these, these cat addicts off of Facebook found... A serial killer like or a budding serial killer i should say it it was it was crazy if you want to watch it honestly I, I it might still be on netflix i'm not too sure don't fuck with cats honestly the story the way they tell the story is ridiculous <laughs> so um he ends up graduating from animal murder to human murder in 2012 a Chinese university student by the name of Lin Jun is murdered by Luca Magnata. There is security footage of the apartment building that Luca Magnata lived in where it shows Lin entering the building, but he never comes out. The only person coming in and out of the building is Luca, and it's multiple times of him emptying. Uh, emptying out the apartment or bringing something in 
and soon enough a video titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick Goes Viral. And this is where uh, my earlier trigger warning kind of comes in. So in the video, they, uh, it's, I didn't see it, obviously. I don't want to watch that. Um, but I ended up finding, like, somebody kind of describing very loosely what happens in it. But in it, it does show, it is said to show Magnata murdering Lynn with a screwdriver that is painted to look like an ice pick. And he is said to have stabbed him with it multiple times and then eventually uses a, I think like a saw of some type to then dismember his victim. This is kind of where Don't Fuck With Cats goes under fire because I, I do know that they kind of had like small clips inserted and they did have some audio and I can't say I blame people for putting them under fire because that's kind of disrespectful to the victim, you know? Like, why, who would do that? Like, why, why even insert that? It's bad enough that you're talking about it. Who tries to show it? Um, the, another reason that they kind of got under fire was because they don't exactly spend a lot of time talking to the family and getting their insight and, and, and getting how they feel about it and, and, you know, getting their, basically getting their input. It's, they very briefly kind of talk about it, uh, but overall, it's mostly, like, an official account of what the family had to say about what happened to Lynn. Um, so, and honestly, my heart goes out to that family, like, what happened to him is absolutely awful, like, nobody deserves that, nobody, absolutely nobody deserves what happens next in any way shape or form like I would not like wish that on on my worst enemy you know so we are in 2012 and this kind of extends from like May 24th to May 26th when Lynn on the 24th is when Lynn enters the apartment and never leaves and then the 25th and 26th is Magnata coming and going from the apartment and emptying it and working to dismember the body. Um, so... It, after after Lynn is dead, it's, it's really macabre, like, the things that he did. It... I'm not going to go into, like, super detail about it, but there are reports of, like, cannibalism and, and necrophilia, uh, um, and, and then eventually, you know, the dismemberment. So, after taking apart Lynn's body, um, Magnata stuffs his torso... <laughs> into a suitcase and then leaves it in the trash outside of the apartment building. Uh, later on, a, uh, a janitor finds it. That poor janitor. So he finds the, the suitcase outside. 
and then uh, he also ships other various body parts to different locations in Canada. Uh, two schools in Vancouver ended up getting boxes that had uh, one of Lynn's foots, one of them, one of his feet, uh, and one of his hands. There was a tip that led police to a park in Montreal where they ended up finding Lynn's skull. And then the other foot was found in a package that was mailed to the conservative conservative party in Ottawa uh, the same day that the torso was found. So, like, poor janitor over there finds a torso and then the poor secretary at some conservative party in Ottawa opens a box and just sees a, a freaking foot. Like, that's that's therapy. That's like years of therapy. That poor woman. That poor man. Whoever was working that front desk. I feel so bad for them. That's that's therapy. I can't. Can you imagine? You are going to work, thinking it's just going to be another day in politics. You get a box and you're like, oh cool. And you open the box and it's a goddamn foot. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I would. I think I would quit. I would quit on the spot. Because it's like, I didn't sign up to receive body parts. You know what? I'll take my poli-sci degree and I'll take it elsewhere. Or you know what? I'll just work in a nice little quiet coffee shop. That Yeah, no. (laughs) I definitely would not work there anymore after receiving a freaking, a whole, a whole foot. No. Yep. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. I wonder if she did quit. If that woman did quit, more power to her. I don't blame her at all. Um, so the same day that the torso was found is the same day that his foot, the other foot was found, and then another, the other hand ended up being found in a Canadian post warehouse. Uh, and it was, and, and, and the address was meant to be labeled to the Liberal Party. <laughs> so the Liberals were going to get another hand, the Conservatives ended up getting a foot, some who and then some schools ended up getting body parts too. Like who who mails a hand and a foot to some schools? What did what did the kids ever do? Like what did the kids ever do to you? Like if if, if those are the if that's the school where like Magnata ended up getting bullied, I mean no the the same kids that are in that school are not the same ones who bullied you, man. Like they those front office ladies did not deserve that at all this is insane like it's it's insane to think like he just said you know what this is a good idea this is how i'm gonna get my name out there like you (sighs) so after these body parts ended up getting found uh it was the torso wasn't identified yet um but in this time lynn ended up being reported missing by some of his friends um eventually Eventually, um, (laughs) Uh, they were eventually able to identify the torso, uh, on, I forgot what day it was, uh, I think it was, ah, June 1st, there it is, uh, on June 1st, they were able to identify the torso of the victim as Lynn, at this time he was 33 years old. Then he was a computer science student at Concordia University. Uh, God rest his soul. 
um, on May 31st of 2012, uh, Magnata ends up boarding a bus going from Paris to Berlin. Um, and because of all the surveillance footage on May 30th, the police were able to name Magnata as a prime suspect and they issued a warrant for his arrest. Uh, after, and all of this was like after the body parts were found, you know. Um, And the day after all the body parts were found, they ended up issuing his arrest. That's insane. Uh, this also says that uh, on the 27th of May, the uh, U.S. and Canadian police were alerted about the video, but then they just dismissed it as fake. Like, somebody sent in the video and said, Hey, you should probably find this because somebody's getting fucking killed and the u.s and canadian police were like that's eh, fine it's probably fake it's probably one of those uh, i don't i don't know a dummy getting cut apart <sighs> I, don't, I don't know um it was uh and the person who alerted them was a lawyer in montana by the name of roger renville who saw the video of a man getting dismembered and stabbed a lawyer got brushed off by the police. That's it's rough. Um, so, uh, yeah. So while they were struggling to identify the torso, Luca, Luca escapes to Berlin on the thirty-first of May, and he evaded arrest for four whole days. This man got away with such a horrible murder. For four days. Would have been able to catch him sooner if you had just listened to Roger. Just saying. So, <laughs> so um, however, after the four days, obviously he gets caught. And he gets caught because um, while the Canadian police are putting all of these pieces together and they discover who it is and they realize, like, yo, he's not in our jurisdiction, they end up hitting up Berlin. They hit up the Berlin police. And they were like, hey, yo, um, so, uh, homie over here, Luca Magnata, you know, he, uh, he kind of dismembered this student and he mailed the body parts and we found him taking a bus from Paris to y'all. So he is now your, your, your problem if you could just catch him, you know? So they, so they tip off Berlin police and, and Berlin police end up, uh, well, they didn't tip them off. So they, they told Berlin police, like, they warned them, like, hey, uh, y'all got a killer. Um, better catch him before he murders one of you guys, too. So they do that. And Berlin, Berlin police ended up getting tipped off about uh, his location. So on June 4th, uh, Luca Magnata is then arrested in an internet cafe in Berlin. Uh, so he ends up... Uh, yeah, and this is when, like, the other two schools in Van uh, in Vancouver get a hand and a foot. So, the day after Magnata's, uh, arrested, uh, those, those poor front desk ladies receive a singular hand and a severed foot. Poor Vancouver. Um, on June 5th, Magnata is taken to a prison hospital in Berlin, uh, where he, where, um, uh, 
he kind of he sees a psychiatrist and a psychiatrist believes that Magnata is kind of in a psychotic state this goes back to his mental illnesses his diagnosed mental illnesses and the history that his family has with him um this is on June 11th and then on June 18th Magnata Magnata ends up being extradited back to Montreal and he is met with the press recording his face as he is taken onto a Canadian military plane. Back to his like his narcissism. Honestly, like this is exactly what he wants. He wanted the attention. He wanted he wanted people to know his name. He wanted people to know his face. And now, you know, he's getting the perp walk off of a plane onto a Canadian military plane. And everybody's got all these cameras and there's probably like people are probably taking pictures and da 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 and it's like yeah. It's insane. They're kind of feeding into his ego and they're feeding into his narcissism, which is, which is so bad. It's, it's like a double-edged sword because you want, you want people to know the face where it's like, yo, this man is dangerous. But at the same time, you don't want to feed into what they desire. It's, it's a double-edged sword, honestly. I think, I think like you could have, I mean, Either way, his picture was going to be out there because of mugshots and, and people are going to want to know the case and and official files are going to have all these, excuse me, pictures, you know, it's, it, it, it was going to happen anyway, people were, this is exactly what he wanted. He should have stuck to being a model, honestly. Yeah. So, after he gets caught, um... He, uh, he constantly ends up blaming somebody else for all of the horrible things he did, saying that somebody else was, like, the puppet master, that they made him do this, that they were like, if you don't do this, I'm gonna kill you and your family, and da-da-da, basically threatening his life, saying, if you don't, like, murder these cats and then post it, um, I'm gonna do this, or if you don't... If you don't murder this man, dismember him and send it here, 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 and here. Like it's it. He was he was trying to remove. Uh, what's it called? He was he, he was he was trying to take away the guilt, or not the guilt, the responsibility. He wasn't trying. That's what it is. He was trying to take away the responsibility of the actions he did himself by saying it wasn't me. It was this guy, and and this faceless figure ends up having a name called Manny Lopez and he was saying like oh Manny was making me do this you can see a shadow in, in one of the videos of me killing the cats where Manny's telling me what to do off camera and and, and Manny told me uh, Manny brought me Lynn and told me to do this that and the other you know um then this was this was brought up in um in his case when he's on trial you know um but it the the jury ends up rejecting it because it was used as like a defense for for magnata but there was no real proof that this manny lopez even existed so they were like nah so they threw that out the window you know um they do in the trial, they do bring up his diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia. Uh, 
because the prosecution tried to say that he was like pretending like they're they're trying to say like no there's no way like he doesn't have paranoid schizophrenia like he's he's lying um but there were experts that were able to be brought in and they were able to provide testimonials of a diagnosis but there was all of them had like varying degrees of different kind of like severity of his mental illnesses like it goes from like borderline personality disorder to his paranoid schizophrenia to saying that he has a very acute narcissism and honestly i believe the acute narcissism because of like the lengths that he went by and knowing that he wanted to be in a spotlight before all of this happened you know um so it's like i can't i can't say i can't i can't i'm not a doctor i can't say yes or no about what somebody has like i'm not there to to kind of build a rapport with him and talk to him and try to diagnose him you know um and these mental illnesses do not under any circumstances make him any less guilty for what he did he is absolutely 100% guilty and the Canadian court system did find him guilty because they did sentence him they did sentence him to life in prison uh, now he resides in Port Cartier prison in Quebec so it's like and they didn't believe that anything that he was he was diagnosed with quote unquote um, exonerates him of anything that happened either um it's a true crime and mental illness is hard because you don't is it's like yeah this guy has all of this but you also don't want to make him out to seem like he's innocent because it's he's not um on top of that he honestly my mom is a very very awful person because there are there he, <laughs> he also had ties to like white supremacy uh, he was one of the most wanted men in Canada, on top of that. Um, but before that, uh, I guess there was a white supremacist group where they were hailing him as a hero because he murdered a, a POC. He, he murdered Lin, and Lin was a Chinese man. And, you know, white supremacists were like, oh yeah, great, ha 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 ha, like, wah. So they ended up murdering, they uh, they did not murder him. Lin, when Lin murdered him, he was hailed a hero by all of these white supremacists. Um, there was a post on a website that I'm not going to share. Um, because honestly, it's not worth the trouble. It's not worth it, like, visiting it and seeing whatever upsetting crap they have to post. It's not worth seeing. It's not worth your mental health for that. Um, but one forum member had posted about Magnata, and in their post, they described him as an, quote, quote, open white supremacist, unquote. And they were saying that he was being forced to flee Canada to Russia because of those views. Like, no, he wasn't being forced out of Canada for his racist views. He was being forced out of Canada because he fucking murdered somebody. An innocent person. Like... My god. Um. Wow. It, like. Those kind of people baffle me. They're insane. But that's a whole other topic. (laughs) White white supremacists and racists is just a whole other topic that I'm not even going to get into right now. Like, that's just. Um. 
Again, Magnata was known to have fake profiles and, and fake websites, and, and honestly, it was, it's kind of speculated that the post talking about him getting chased out, like, it was actually him. Um, there's no proof, but there, uh, it, it is kind of speculated that it was him just, again, trying to get attention because of his narcissism like he's so full of himself that he needs other people's like approval he needs to be like praised and loved and it's insane um but the chinese uh, some chinese officials actually do make claims saying that the murder of lin was was racially motivated because he was if i if i remember right i think i read that lin was an exchange student of some kind, so he was a, a Chinese um, citizen. So it's like the Chinese government got involved, and they're like, I, "We do believe that that this man murdered him just because of his race. Like it, it was, it had to be a hate crime, you know." Um. So now, you know, his this whole time, his mother was also his mother's name Anna Anna Yurkin. Is she also really? tried to defend him saying that he wasn't capable of doing this that he was a very good boy he was just bullied and he was troubled and he would never actually do this you know like a, a mother like she was being a mother um and i kind of feel bad for her because she did try to say like he wouldn't do this try to try to defend him even though there's just kind of inexplicable proof that he did in fact do all of these horrible things um Later on, she ended up posting a book called My Son the Killer, The Untold Story of Luca Magnata, you know? And apparently she also wrote a book called One Lunatic, One Ice Pick. I don't... Um, they kind of... Uh, why would you name a book after the viral video of your son murdering somebody, you know? Like, I mean, but whatever helps her cope, you know? Um, the book was actually ended up being co-written by Brian Whitney, who is a true crime author. Uh, in the book, naturally, Magnata, he, to this day, still claims that he didn't kill anybody. He doesn't agree with everybody kind of making the conclusion that he made all of those aliases and all of those profiles online for, like, attention. Um, so... Uh, Whitney, Brian Whitney, the author, does have, like, some phone calls with, uh, Magnata and, like, correspondence, and he describes him as being, quote, rather haughty and above it all, and then later on, he makes, a an email to the National Post that was, like, an interview that says, quote, he thinks society is sick not him. Him as in Luca. He feels, or at least says, that people are obsessed with him, constantly making things up, gossiping about him, etc. I think there are definitely moments when I felt he was being deceitful. Other times it seems like he actually believes what he's saying." Unquote. And honestly, that in and of itself just kind of proves his whole narcissism, because he fully, he thinks he's above it, 
He thinks he's the greatest shit since sliced bread. And if that's not narcissism, then I don't know what is, honestly. That's insane. But he kind of, it kind of reminds me of like, oh, who was it? Was it Bundy? I think it was Bundy who was like super full of himself and he was so full of himself that he fired his lawyer and represented himself in court. Ultimately, Bundy still ended up in jail. So it just, you know, like it wasn't any good. It wasn't any good, even though he thought he was like the best lawyer, that he was the only one who could successfully defend himself in court and get himself off. You know, like, no, dude, you murdered a lot of women. Same thing for for Magnata. Like, you, you think you're you're so good and you think that people are so obsessed with you to the point that they're going to make up things. Like, no, nah, nah, bro, nah, no. <laughs> You're obsessed with yourself. You're the one who looks in every single mirror that you possibly can see. Like, it's insane. So, um, I mean, uh, also, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's insane. Um, ultimately the place where the, uh, the murder was uh, posted, was on a dark web website. Uh, the owner of that site ended up also getting put into jail. Um, I mean, I guess even serial killers find love in jail because now Magnata, I don't know if they're still together, but he ends up marrying a fellow inmate. Said inmate ended up earning life in jail because he murdered another inmate in 2003. Honestly... I don't know what to think of these people. <laughs> I don't I didn't even know people could get married in jail. So that's that's cool. Um but yeah, so that's that's kind of a brief rundown of the case of uh Luca Magnata, the infamous Canadian serial killer. Um if you're more interested in it, I definitely suggest like looking up looking it up. I do very brief rundowns, um, you know, just an overall contemporary, like, condensed version of it. Um, but yeah, definitely do your own research if you're into it. And that's the end of this podcast. So, I will see you guys next time. I don't know what the next one is, so I can't really give you, like, a preview. <laughs> um... Anyway, this has been Conversations with the Moon with Amaris Kane, and I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Good night.